Hello and welcome to the DNA Fat Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Nutritional, and in today's episode, I'm going to be discussing PCOS and fat loss, how to approach your training and your nutrition with Aaron Burgess, Women's Transformation Coach. Can you lose weight if you've been diagnosed with PCOS? And how does it work? Aaron walks us through the necessary steps to beat fat loss, even with high insulin resistance. We also start off dispelling some common nutrition myths. Let's dive right in. Would you say there's an area that is particular, particularly challenging um, that you find when working with women when they're trying to lose fat, for example? Um, yeah, there's, there's a few areas. Um, because, we, because I focus on fat loss with women, um, I'm coming across a lot of PCOS um, clients or, or women with endometriosis. Um, I guess we didn't we didn't highlight that part um, in, in why I became a, a women's fitness specialist, but my wife actually has endometriosis, so uh, it's a bit, it's a hormonal imbalance uh, that is very estrogen dominant and um, causes weight loss to be incredibly difficult. Um, so so that's something that you know I personally obviously I live with her, right? I have experience, but because I'm dealing with a lot of women that are overweight. PCOS is definitely something that that I have to come across all the time, and it's something that I've had to really further my education on. I went, got it. I have a degree in, in human kinetics and nutrition, but um, I still needed further education on on how to tackle that specific issue. So I'd say that's the biggest issue. Um, the secondary issue is is just uh, balance with 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 food, uh, balance with nutrition. Um, I think you and I both know that when someone wants to get fit, their first move is, okay, well, I'm going to cut out all the junk food. I'm going to cut out everything. I'm going to probably cut back on all breads, limit my rice consumption. I'm going to start doing three, four, you know, kilometer runs. Like if they just go to the extreme. So my, my fight is actually telling them to work out a little less or have more balance. Please do eat uh, some junk food, right? Uh, stuff like that. So that would be my second biggest biggest challenge I like that I like that I always say someone who's eating three McDonald's a day eating two McDonald's a day is still progress and in fact that's going to be more sustainable than no McDonald's a day straight away cold turkey obviously it's a process so how talk me through some of the steps you would take if someone uh, was experiencing PCOS how would you Um, deal with that yeah I mean first I want to you know, I want to make sure that they've been diagnosed properly, right? Obviously, I'm not a doctor, so if they, if a lady says, "Hey, I'm, I have PCOS," I want to confirm that you're not just assuming you have PCOS. Um, so that's the first step: make sure they're they're confirmed, diagnosed. Um, then uh, it's it's again a review of their lifestyle: what are they currently eating? How are they eating? Um, the the classic sign of PCOS is uh, increased testosterone, so they have you know virilization of, of testosterone. So you got maybe some facial hair, hair listen, they don't want it. Um, they also have uh, a slightly deeper voice, a bit more muscle mass, and a high insulin resistance. So they tend to have a lot of weight in their stomach um, and, and uh, irregular periods. So the first thing that I look at is food. Um, <clears throat> because they're super insulin resistant, they're just pretty much mirroring people with diabetes. Um, they're not at that, obviously, at that dangerous level, but they're, they're pretty close. Um, is we look at their carb consumption. 
Um, and that's the first area that I like to tackle. Um, PCOS is also pretty inflammatory to the body. So, you know, a lot of women that eat a North American Western diet are eating a lot of dairy, are eating a lot of refined sugars. Um, personally, I don't believe that they're, those individual foods are, are necessarily bad, but uh, for those particular women, it's about, we, we do have to pull some of those back a little bit. Um, so, so that's the first area is, is pulling back refined sugars, pulling back um, on dairy, pulling back on uh, maybe even a bit of gluten as well, and then increasing protein and making sure we're really pushing the weights for, for muscle building purposes. So that's, that's typically where we first look. Um, and then if, if we're still, if we're really dealing with someone that's insulin resistant, that's where we will need to drop into maybe a, a very low carb keto style diet just to really tackle the insulin resistance. I, I hate keto personally, uh, so I try not to keep my clients there very long, uh, but it's, it really is one of the only times I would ever, ever, ever recommend it, unless they had epilepsy. That would be the only other time. Interesting. I, uh, let's, let's talk about that. Let's wrap about that. Keto. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Uh, keto. I hate it. Um, honestly, it's, it's a, it's the, it's the popular thing right now. Um, I think I get hit up with seven ads a day about ketones and, you know, uh, why carbs are bad and, and the, and big sugar. Uh, I hate Netflix for, there's some documentary they, they put out about sugar and everybody's uh, a big sugar expert. Um, so personally, as a coach, it sucks. Um, I personally, I compete. I'm really, on my last two weeks, we really do go into pretty much a keto level diet. It sucks a lot. It's very hard to stick to. Um, and I find that most people that do keto that are able to stick to it for more than a couple weeks, yeah, they do lose some weight. But I have never, ever met someone that has been able to stick to keto for years. Usually you come off it and gain the weight back. Uh, and then you go back on it, you lose the weight, you gain the weight back. So I, I personally just, I, I, I try to steer most of my clients away from it if I can. It's only when I'm dealing with metabolic diseases like PCOS when I might, our, our hand is forcing you might have to consider. So it's interesting. not okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not fun. I, I was just writing about it the other day. I did it in 2017 i think i've tried it a couple of times but there was a particular time i was actually living in the states came back um had gained a couple of a few pounds because i was there for a few months and basically kind of was on a bit of a eat everything that i can because i'm not here for long kind of mentality came back and thought oh i want to lose some weight didn't really know what i was doing um try keto i was like oh this sounds good i just have bacon and butter with everything and I lasted less than 48 hours, I think, because I fancied some potatoes. I was like, oh, I'm just going to eat some potatoes. And I was like, oh, I'm not in ketosis anymore. Oh, well. And then moved on with my life. So, yeah, not a huge advocate. And I think you mentioned some really, really good point. If you stick to it for the rest of your life, it can be valuable and people will probably lose a lot of weight. However, if you're yeah. not going to stick to it for the rest of your life, I think it's just a very exaggerated, it, it creates an extremely exaggerated yo-yo because of the 
basically glycogen and water that you lose in your liver and muscles. Like every time you come off it or go onto it, sorry, you drop so much weight because your body's just dumping carbs, dumping water. Yeah. And then when you go back, when you go back off it, you gain a lot of weight because your body takes those back in again. And that's just not fat. So I think that's a, something probably a lot of people need to hear. I, I think the other thing that's maybe not really uh, put in the marketing is when you're on that kind of a diet, I mean, your risk of increased uh, kidney stones through the roof. Uh, I personally haven't had a kidney stone and I really would like to avoid ever having those. Um, and I mean, just the amount of fat people tend to ingest, um, it's really easy to overeat on that, that type of diet of the amount of fat. So it's not, it's not necessarily, necessarily good for your heart health. Um, um, I don't know, uh, depending on the age of people that watch, you know, there's a popular diet back in the nineties, uh, called Atkins, Atkins diet. Um, that was, that's keto, right? It's just a different brand, different style, but Atkins diet fell out of favor with a lot of people because they ended up with, uh, some pretty high, uh, cholesterol levels, uh, not the good kind. Um, heart problems. Uh, even I remember personally, my own mother tried it, you know, when I was a teenager and her doctor at the pole, she was like, whatever you're doing, like stop it right away because your levels, your, your HDL levels, your, you know, your cholesterol levels have just gone through the roof in a matter of months. So you're, you're, you're going to give yourself a, a heart attack. Um, you know, and she was in her late forties, I believe. So so yeah, I think I think maybe keto may be a, a young, a young man's a young woman diet if you can stick to it. If you're a woman in your you know your mid thirties, late forties, or early forties, sorry, and then maybe creeping towards that menopause level, I personally just can't. I can't recommend it unless again you have specific, very specific uh, diagnosis like uh, like I said PCOS or, or maybe even endometriosis. Um, those would be maybe the only time. So if you're a normal person, like no need, not at all. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Really appreciate you taking time to check it out. If you haven't already, I would love it if you subscribed or left a review or you shared uh, the podcast with a close friend, friend or family who maybe you think this would be useful and valuable for. Thank you again for listening and I look forward to speaking with you soon.